Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. Last week, we, we shared a teaching on don't fret. And you remember the, you remember the scripture. It says, don't, don't worry, don't fret about these things. And then it kind of gave situations that ought to go ahead and turn our hearts not from fretting about things, but instead to what God really has planned for us. After the service was over, a friend of mine, a good friend, came up and he said, Clyde, I want to ask you something. And we began to talk a little bit about it. And he said, you shared about concern, concern for your family. Now, I don't know if there are any of you all that are like this, but I like to have my fingers on, I'm not a control freak per se, but I like to get everything organized the way I want it organized. Can I get a witness? Yep. And I want the things done in a nice way that I am comfortable with them all being done in. Amen? Good. There's some of you all like me out there. And this particular person said, do you realize that what you were describing, Clyde, is the very thing you preached about, worry. You're worried what's going to happen to your family when you're not there. Now, understand this. I was very grateful that this particular friend was awake and listening, okay? He got what I said last week. But it's kind of hard when your words all of a sudden get turned back on yourself and you realize, okay, every time I have a finger pointing at all of you all out there, I've got three more pointing back at me. The reality was this person went ahead and shared with me that I still was stuck in the circle of worrying about things. Even though I can stand up here this morning and say, hey, we're not supposed to worry. Even though I did last week. I want us to revisit something about that. Don't fret. It's a second look at it. And it's not to go ahead and try to wiggle around what Scripture says because the Bible is clear. Worry is a sin. Worry is a sin. We can't worry and say, hey God, I've got this thing over here that I, I still have my hands on and my control on, and, and I'm worried about how this is going to work out. And, and, oh, by the way, God, I'm all about you, and everything you do, I, I'm all with you on that. But over here, this is mine. You see, worry means I'm taking possession of something that really belongs to God. And, folks, please hear this. If you miss everything else this morning, everything you have, everything you hold in your hands, everything you think, everything you do, whether you are here this morning as a Christ follower or not, everything belongs to God. All of it. All of it. Your car, as you walk out, you get into it. You start it up. We don't even think about thanking God that our car starts. But it belongs to God. I want to share this morning uh, about somebody that, that you may know. Do you, do you know this person? Do you know who that is? That is Karen Elaine Johnson. That's her name. Karen Elaine Johnson. 
she is a, an actress, an Academy Award winning actress, won an Emmy for, for a television show called Star Trek The Next Generation. She is a comedian, at least of sorts. She, along with several other folks, uh, was on a program called The View, okay? If any man has ever watched The View intentionally, you need to check your man card, okay? All right? She's a political activist. Her dad was a Baptist preacher, and she was the second child of a single mom. Her mom was a nurse. While she was younger, she witnessed a terrible airplane accident and was convinced that she could not fly otherwise worrying that her plane that she was on might crash. What followed were decades of travel as an actress, as a comedian, across the country by either train or by automobile. She would never get into a car. She lived in New York City, and she worked in Hollywood, California. Imagine that. The long hours of traveling, the endless miles, the fast food, So is there a difference between worrying like she does about something that hasn't happened and concern? Is there a difference? Is there a biblical difference? Not just a difference that we have in a dictionary, but is there a biblical difference? Does the Bible make a distinction? Let's look this morning in a book that we've been studying. It's Peter's first writing. He talks about being humble in this scripture. And because you know that God has everything under his control, that humility comes from the idea that you and I don't have to be in control. We can go ahead and be, listen to this, the word is submissive. It's a a word that we find in the Bible again and again and again. Guys, we generally want to go ahead and point the scripture out that says, wives, be submissive to your husbands. By the way, that word submissive, That word does not mean like the Rolling Stones sing about under my thumb. It means literally, I entrust myself to you. There's a trust factor there. When Peter writes these words about humility, then he he goes ahead and shares these absolutely important and stunning verses. I'm going to invite you to stand together. We're going to read 1 Peter chapter 5. Verses 5 through 7, we stand for the honor of reading God's holy and perfect word. Let me invite you to read with me. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time and cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. May God bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. I hope you caught what Peter wrote there. He first starts out and he says, Look, when you're younger, you're going to have all of the things that, that older folks wish they still had and kind of cherished at the time. It was really funny. Worth, when you came up here in children's sermon, okay, you came up here, 
And the first thing you noticed is all these little boys and girls were all up here and they were all sitting cross-legged, no, no, no problem on the floor. But because you are wise, instead of trying to get on the floor, and you might still be there right now, you sat right over there on that railing. That was wise. With age comes wisdom. With age does not come more energy. You ought to be about out by this time, all right? It doesn't come with no any, any more energy. It doesn't come with flexibility. All of a sudden, what you have instead is the memories of those times that you were, but now you're not. And so when Peter writes these things, he says, Younger folks, submit yourselves to your elders. It's not meaning going ahead, do everything that old people say to do. No, no, no. That's not what God's Word says. It says, entrust the fact that they may have been through it, stepped in it, faced it, and come through it. And it says, go ahead and humble yourself to be able to do that. And he mentions two times in those three verses that we read this morning, humble yourself, humble. What does being humble mean? It means that I go ahead and become the less important person in the relationship. That's what humility is. Whether it's with God or with someone else, I purposely place myself back. That's an interesting thing that Peter wrote there. Because when we think about worry, a lot of times worry means that I get to take the forefront of everything going on. Let me share with you about worry. Worry is concern. Worry is concern that is separated from the grace, power, love, and wisdom of God. That's what worry is. Concern has all of those components. Worry says, I don't need them. Do you see why that becomes sin? It devalues God and it places people as being the most important thing, worrying and trying to solve this problem, whatever that problem is. Whether it is going ahead and trying to worry about my family and what's going to happen to them if good old Clyde isn't around. Or whether it is something that you're facing this morning that seems to be consuming you with every single minute and hour. Worry is that part of concern that says, I am separated from God's grace. It recognizes the issue, but doesn't see a solution. What is left is the endless hamster wheel that spins without going anywhere. Put differently, it means this. A worried person sees a problem. A worried person sees the problem and focuses just on that. There's the problem. What am I going to do? That's a real problem. I don't know how we're going to fix it. A concerned person solves the problem. Now before you go ahead and come out of the pew and say, that's not accurate, there are some problems that, cannot be con- con- that can't be solved, I want to share with you that that's, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Every problem has a solution. Every single one of them. 
There's a solution to that problem. Sometimes it isn't what we want to see, but God already has a solution. A concerned person can openly acknowledge that God has this one covered and is allowing you and me to see His work firsthand how His hand is making that so. That's the difference between worry and concern. Worry sees and identifies the problem just like concern does. But worry stays fixed there. Folks, I want to share with you, there are people in this world that live to be worried. Have you ever met those folks? They live for they live from crisis to crisis to crisis. And when you meet them, if you don't live that way, it kind of you, you kind of look at them and you go, what, don't, don't you want to take a breath every now and then? Is there no place that you can go ahead and kind of get and hide and relax for a little while? This past week, Stacy and I took a trip out to Highland Lakes Camp. It's the camp that all of you all as little kids went to sometime. Great place to go. Uh, great children's camp. But it is way, way, away, 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 away. you got to want to get there, right, Harold? Can I get an amen? Yes, you can. And if you go with Harold, there's going to be a flat tire on the bus somewhere along the way. It's, it's part of First Baptist. You get on the bus and you go to, go to Highland Lakes, you're going to have a uh, tire issue. We went there, and we, we Stacy and I went there. Some very dear friends took care of Caitlin that day. She's being homeschooled, and so she was doing homework and all kinds of fun stuff while Mom and I headed out there. We went out there for two reasons. One, to see what we could do to be a part of helping the camp. And I'm going to go ahead and share in a sermon two weeks from today. I'm going to share with you all, and this is aimed primarily at anyone that is gender XY, okay? But it is not exclusive to them. There's some things at that camp that need to be fixed. Some of it is heavy, heavy labor. So this particular pastor who would love to be able to do that, I now sit there and look, and I realize that people like Sam Robinson over here, hold your hand up, Sam. There you go, second Sam, there he is. Sam is the guy that has the muscle to be able to do what I no longer can do. No pressure, Sam, okay? No pressure, buddy. All right? However, as we're driving out there, Stacy and I, it took us about the first 50 miles for us to go, hey, we're alone. And then, as we're driving along, we start teasing each other, and it's like, hey, we're on a date. We're on a date. And then as we're driving, and we went to Bucky's. Yes! I mean, what better date can you have than Bucky's? And we headed on out, and we got to the camp, and we got to do everything that needed to do at the camp. And we're heading back, and we're teasing about stories that, that, that we knew when we were dating the first time, and dating now, and just having a great time. And guys, I'm going to share with you. As we're driving back, my mind all of a sudden started spinning up of all of the things that I still had to do once I hit the Brazos Valley again. I'd already identified the problem, but concerned means God's got this. 
I'm still at that place where I battle worry. Are you? What do you do when that happens? You have to understand that concern is different. It invites God to be the solver of the problems you used to worry about. Concern is different. What you're doing when you're concerned about something is inviting God into the solution of that problem. As a matter of fact, you don't just invite Him in. You begin to go ahead and pursue Him to be the one that will eventually lead you to the solution. Please hear this. Cancer, the IRS, terrorism, world peace, global warming. No, it's not global warming. Now it is climate change. Alabama's defense, whatever you want to call as the terror of your life that you worry about, whatever it is, all of these things that top the lists of things that people worry about, yet being concerned recognizes the severity while giving over the solution to God. It doesn't mean that you passively sit back. God rarely, look, you read Scripture. God rarely asks His people. He does ask them a couple of times, don't do anything. Stand there. I've got this. But most of the time, what he does is he involves his people, you and me, in the solution of whatever problem that he is in the process of solving. He invites you to come on that journey with him. That is why concern means this. It means it adds grace to the formula of godly trust. Grace is added to the formula of of faith and trust. Now you remember grace, right? Let's define it again. For anyone that missed it before, what is grace? It's not what you say before supper, okay? What is grace? Getting better than you deserve. Grace is getting better than you deserve. That's what it is. Everyone in this room deserves an eternity separated from God because of our sin. The Bible's really clear about that. And oh, by the way, if you've asked God to forgive you of your sin, and you say, okay, every time I do this, I'm going to say, oh, I'm sorry, God, sorry, God, sorry, God, sorry, God, sorry, God, sorry. But you've never invited the one who paid for your sorry in your life, then what you're doing is running in that little hamster wheel trying to be religious. Folks, religion will send you to hell. Only God's grace through Jesus Christ gives us the promise of eternal life. That's it. That's it. As a matter of fact, grace meaning better than you deserve. Many of the things that we worry about are things that we've had a hand in bringing about in our own lives. And we deserve to feel the burn of their consequences, and yet grace from God means there is a way out that He has made for you and me. That's what grace really means. I want you to be concerned about the challenges that you face. But I want you to be concerned without worry. Why? Because worry means you're just going to focus on the issue. What am I going to do about it? I'll share with you again, folks. As was pointed out to me last week, 
I've got no pro- no promise that this won't be my last sermon, that this won't be my last moment of a last sermon, that I could drop over right here. Now, some of you this morning would be, hey, the sermon's over. Yeah, but I've got to share with you this. If you're facing something that you cannot handle, change from worry to concern. Let God begin to handle it. Okay, that's so easy to say. Let God handle it. Let me share with you how that's done. You simply say this. God, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, even ten minutes from now. But I pray what happens this, this morning will honor you. And whatever part you want me to play in that, in solving the issue that's going on right now in my heart that I've hung on to, that's made my own little private worry place that is mine and mine alone. God, I give it to you. Help me see the solution, whether it takes 10 minutes or 10 years or the rest of my life. Will I ever think about it again? Oh, you bet. That's concern. But we have a God who wants to deliver you of worry this morning. Will you let him do it? Let's pray. Father, this morning you invite us to your grace. We haven't earned it. We surely don't deserve it. But this morning you are asking us to turn over the things that we have selfishly decided we want to hold on to and try to go ahead and solve in our own power. And I pray, Father, we won't do that. I thank you for friends that won't just go ahead and hear things, but will go ahead and apply them to to their own life as well as the life of others. It's not being nosy. It's being a friend. I pray, Father, that I'll be that good of a friend. And Father, when we see things in our own life that we have hung on to and worried about, that you'll deliver us from them so that we can live as you intend us to live, free people under your grace and your mercy. I believe there are folks here this morning that need that very freedom. The first time freedom of saying, I believe on Jesus Christ as my Lord. The freedom to be able to say, Holy Spirit, I believe that you're guiding me and plugging me into a church family so that I can go ahead and serve you. Father, whatever you're calling us to do, help us not to worry about it, but give you the glory and you our focus. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. In our church, at the close of this portion of the service, we have a time and a song that is sung. For those of you that didn't grow up in a Baptist church, and I did not, this is a time where we all stand and we sing together. But if God is speaking to you about a decision that He wants you to make, please hear this. This isn't to embarrass anybody. It's not to go ahead and draw attention to anybody. But if God is speaking to you about a decision that needs to be made in your life, I would I will be standing here at our altar area, and I'd love to pray with you about that. 
What's it going to take? A few steps. It will also go ahead and take the courage to say, God, I acknowledge what you're doing. Oh, by the way, we do this publicly, folks, because Jesus died publicly for us. And if I can stand for Him in front of a group of people that will be rooting for me to stand for God, then I ought to be able to do that in this place and in any other place that I ever walk into. God speaking to your heart, you come as we sing. Stand together.